How are music therapists changing the lives of people in Canada? What is the latest research and trends? You are tuned into the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast, and we will explore these questions with our guests today. Let's get started. Welcome to the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adrian and Kathy. We are joined today by Susan LeMessure Quinn from St. John's, Newfoundland. We wanted to speak with Susan because of her incredible experience and knowledge about pediatrics, along with mental health and reaching individuals who live remotely. Here's a little more about Susan. Susan LeMessure Quinn is a certified music therapist at the Janeway Children's Health and Rehabilitation Center in St. John's, Newfoundland. Her clinical experience of over 20 years includes working with children and youth with diverse needs from ages zero right up to 18 in the areas of rehabilitation, child development, acute care, and mental health. She also provides services in residential treatment for youth experiencing complex mental health illnesses. Susan is a professional associate of the Memorial University of Newfoundland School of Music. She's past president of the Atlantic Association of Music Therapy, and she has served on the board of the Canadian Association of Music Therapists, and she's currently an advocacy committee member. Um, She's also an instructor for the Creative Arts Therapy Program at Concordia University. Welcome to the podcast, Susan. We're excited to have you join us today from St. John's, Newfoundland. That's awesome. (laughs) Yes, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And so as someone who works in a pediatric hospital, can you share with us more about how music is accessible to both inpatients and outpatients? Well, I think music therapists have this very unique uh, position in that where music can be so adaptable um, for a variety of situations that allows us to you know, work in different areas, in different population areas, with uh, and also with different age groups. So, for example, for a pediatric hospital, uh, to be able to, you know, uh, spend maybe one day working in children's rehabilitation, and perhaps the next day working in pediatric intensive care, or neonatal intensive care, um, is really, for me, I, I, I see it as a blessing. Uh, and a privilege because of this unique ability to use different musical resources and approaches to work within each situation. And so whether it's choosing the right instrument for that right moment, uh, whether it's choosing the right um, uh, or most appropriate type of music or style of music for that moment, um, and then that unique ability to be able to respond within the moment to the music that you're creating, but also the music that the patient is creating. So I feel that it's, um, it's such an amazing opportunity uh, for music therapists to be able to, um, you know, work in all of those different areas, um, you know, compared to perhaps like some other, you know, professions that may not get the opportunity to do that. And uh, so to, to have the experience that we have with uh, when we're in our training of, of learning about different, you know, instruments and how the different instruments could be adapted um, and, you know, and using different sounds of the instruments and also, you know, different, different styles of music and how to use all those different styles of music and sounds uh, 
for each uh, different moment or opportunity. And uh, so that's, that's why I really feel that, um, you know, being a music therapist uh, within a hospital and, and essentially being the uh, only allied health uh, professional with the, within the hospital that can go to all of these different areas and, uh, and, and, and see so many different people and meet um, you know, so many different patients and families. So it's, it's a really incredible opportunity to, to be able to do that. And I think we're very lucky that all of the elements of music are so adaptable that we can, that, that we can do this, you know, and, uh, and work with so many different people. Yeah, that is amazing. And it sounds like a lot of examples are around the inpatient, you know, visiting um, some of the children that you work with and youth. And so what about the outpatients? Like, how would you serve that population? Or how do you serve that population with? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I get to have so many different uh, experiences. So for example, with the outpatient population, um, you know, that would be uh, sort of uh, an, an experience of perhaps seeing an outpatient on a weekly basis. And therefore, you're developing perhaps longer term programming uh, for uh, a patient that you might see um, every week, uh, it could be for uh, six months, it could be up to a year, depending on the needs. And so typically, uh, a member of the healthcare team uh, would refer uh, to music therapy. And, and a lot of the time, um, like some examples might be that, um, you know, they're, uh, they're feeling that the child could, uh, uh, you know, need maybe more assistance, more support for developing their fine motor movement. And they feel that because music is such a motivator um, that, you know, perhaps uh, bringing in a music therapist as part of the team for treating this child, um, that, uh, that, you know, that music therapy might help to develop those fine motor movements. So then uh, I'll, I'll see the patient frequently. And, and again, going back to how can we adapt the instruments? How can we make um, you know, really um, positive choices and instruments to help um, the child develop those fine motor movements. And so whether it's, uh, you know, uh, using small percussion instruments to help develop uh, their, uh, their grasp, um, to strengthen their grasp, whether it's using uh, stringed instruments like ukuleles, guitars, uh, a harp, um, to really encourage that fine motor movement. And you're kind of inspiring the child to use their fingers and motivate the child to use their fingers, uh, as well as the keyboard. I mean, the keyboard is excellent for working on finger isolation. And so by, you know, incorporating all of those different instruments and different experiences for the child, then uh, we're also helping with some of their physiotherapy goal areas, as well as occupational therapy goal areas, because, you know, that's certainly um, some of the common, uh, you know, uh, functional skills um, that we're all working towards. So that, uh, that is definitely, you know, pretty exciting um, to, to be able to work as part of a team, uh, to get referrals, to be able to work with them, um, you know, with the children on a weekly basis. Uh, and I, I guess some of the examples of perhaps some of the children that I would see, for example, through rehabilitation might be children with cerebral palsy. Uh, I've also worked with children with uh, very uh, rare syndromes, 
that uh, there may be only uh, maybe one or two children in the province that experience the rare syndrome. Um, I also work in child development and see outpatients uh, in the child development department. And so that would be children uh, who are experiencing maybe perhaps some uh, learning disabilities, or it could be subsensory uh, motor needs, um, and or a diagnosis of autism as well. Yeah, wow. It's so amazing all the work that you do with all of the different diagnoses and the different ages of kids. And you were mentioning that you work with children with uh, some rare illnesses mm-hmm. or diagnoses. And so I would expect that that would be more of a remote uh, working relationship. Can you tell us more about how you serve different populations remotely with music therapy? Mm, absolutely. So uh, one of the, I guess one of the uh, amazing uh, opportunities that, that, um, that I've been able to, um, I guess, sort of take advantage of, especially in the last year, um, has been to, uh, to be trained in telehealth. And uh, because in Newfoundland and Labrador, we do have a lot of remote areas. And, um, but, uh, you know, the main children's hospital is in St. John's. So what we do have um, at the, uh, the Janeway Children's Hospital, we do have an outreach team as well. And quite often they'll refer uh, patients to me that are from their areas that they serve. And uh, so then that gives me the opportunity to connect uh, with families in, in different areas. So I've been trained in telehealth um, to offer telehealth sessions. And, um, and actually, since our, the uh, COVID-19 um, pandemic, uh, we have also been using a secure uh, Zoom uh, platform uh, for, uh, for healthcare. And uh, what, um, what that has actually done uh, is not only does it, uh, you know, encourage us to be even more creative, uh, with our music therapy skills and and our approach to music therapy, but um, a, as an example, last year uh, I met a, a patient um, from Labrador, and I I, I met this uh, teen on uh, one of the inpatient units. So they were there for an inpatient stay, responded incredibly well uh, to music therapy services and, you know, began using instruments, began engaging in songwriting to express themselves and their experiences. And, uh, when they went back to Labrador, you know, they had requested, you know, how can we, how can we stay connected? And so, um, right away it's okay. Let's, um, let's start doing sessions through telehealth um, and we can also offer sessions, you know, through Zoom. So this unique ability to uh, meet a patient in the hospital, and then, and then it's, you know, when their discharge is like, oh, I might never see you again, but you responded so well, you know, what, what can we do? And you know that they're going back to an area that, um, you know, doesn't have a music therapy program or service. So, I said, well, this is a way that we can offer follow-ups. So technology is amazing that way because really there's so many patients that we meet on a regular basis that you wish that you could follow up with. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and sometimes you don't have that opportunity, but they could really um, you know, benefit 
from having a longer term service. So technology has really helped with that. And now that I'm able to, you know, follow up with families, able to follow up with patients and connect with them that way. Um, and especially, you know, if they are in a remote area, whether it's in Labrador or remote areas in Newfoundland, um, we, can, we can stay connected. And at any time they come into town, then we book an in-person session. That's and amazing. so it's, it's really unique that way, uh, you know, and, and again, that speaks to the versatility of music therapists, yes. of, of what we can offer. You know, it's like, we can, we can work anywhere. We can, <laughs> we can do anything. We're adaptable and, and we can make this happen because the most important thing at the end of the day is that you're, you're maintaining that connection with your patient and, and, and with their families and caregivers. That's, that's the most important piece. So how we do that, we, we figure that out and we, we look for ways to make that happen. That's amazing. I mean, that's one of the blessings of COVID, right? It's created this pressure on us to adapt and continue to care and nurture those relationships with our uh, clients and patients. And it also really shows us how valuable the music therapy service is and how valued it is. And um, I know another area that you practice in is adolescent mental health. And mm-hmm. we'd love to hear about your work in inpatients and also with outpatients again, and as well as in um, residential care. Yes, yes. So again, I have to go back to how lucky I am that uh, I've been able to work at all of these different areas. And when we look at um, being able to follow uh, a patient uh, or uh, outpatient or resident, um, I've, I've had a unique opportunity of, say, meeting um, a, a youth uh, as, as an inpatient uh, through mental health and addictions. And then they were referred to music therapy services as an outpatient. Mm. Uh, and... I might be able to then follow them into long-term treatment. Um, so I, I've actually been able to stay connected with, with, you know, with some youth in all of those different areas, which is, um, which is so, which is so interesting because again, we're going back to that flexibility of approach and, and, and how we're using music in all of those different situations because music and acute care um, can be quite different than the musical skills that you might use in outpatient care, where then you're looking at more longer term goal areas, as opposed to in the moment in acute care, what's going to help with reducing um, stress and anxiety related to uh, the admission um, into hospital. And then your outpatient care, you're looking at uh, again, what music, what musical skills can we use to help with um, coping on a daily basis? and over a longer term. And then if it means needing longer term treatment, um, so at the youth treatment center, um, youth can be there anywhere from six months to a year. And so then we're looking at how um, are we using our music um, as a means of expression, as a means of coping on a daily basis. Um, and in that particular situation, in residential care, uh, the treatment center follows uh, a dialectical behavior therapy approach, and um, and and all staff are um, are trained um, to be uh, DBT informed, 
And then that way we look at how can we incorporate music into the DBT approach. So that provides consistency of treatment for the youth. And this is just, you know, really so interesting. So we're looking at, um, you know, using uh, drumming skills, uh, drumming beats and, and rhythms uh, to help with mindfulness when they're learning about mindfulness and practicing it on a daily basis. We're using uh, songwriting um, with, uh, with the youth to address um, important topic areas in their life, whether it's related to um, uh, society, social pressures, peer relationships, and so on. Um, and so it's and such a, a you know a unique um, experience to be able to you know be able to provide uh, treatment services to to youth that are in different stages of uh, of of their um, health and and treatment as well. It's such important work. I'm wondering if there's one story that stands out or comes to mind that you're able to share with us. Okay, so there are so many. <laughs> there are so many. Um, I will say, well, quickly, I think, sort of going back to when I spoke about rare syndromes, um, one of the uh, rare syndromes that I've, I've been learning about is called Cornelia Delang. And uh, so there are very few people in, um, in the province as well as in Canada that are diagnosed with this syndrome. Um, but I have had the opportunity to work with two um, in our province and two children. Uh, and of course, they've, uh, both, both families um, have signed consent for me to, to work with them, but also to, to share their stories. And one thing that I have found is they're um, absolutely amazing ability to respond to music. Um, I've been observing innate uh, natural responses to music um, that I really feel that they're, they're born with because uh, one, one particular little boy um, I started seeing um, as a baby in the hospital and he had a very long-term admission um, to a hospital and uh, he was experiencing a lot of respiratory distress and so I worked with him for a very long time in pediatric intensive care. And he spent about the first two years of his life in hospital. And um, one day I was uh, doing a music therapy session with him. And it was very much improvisational music therapy, uh, creating music in the moment to keep his stats um, close to baseline as much as possible. And uh, this one particular day when I first arrived, he was in respiratory distress uh, his medical team were preparing medication to um, medically reduce um, the stress that he was experiencing and to bring his heart rate down through a medical route or medicine route. So I started working with him and I just watched um, his, his, uh, his breathing, his chest movements. Um, I watched his monitor um, to see where his heart rate was. And, um, and I improvised uh, vocal and flute music based on where his heart rate was and his breathing. And then together we, we slowed it down um, together. He responded to that in the moment. So that's how I knew he was so in tune to music as a baby. Um, and we were able to do that together because by the end of the session, um, he did not need to be medicated. 
um, to bring his heart rate down. He did it by himself by working together with the music. And I saw him every week for a few years. And so that we actually sort of, I would say, graduated to outpatient sessions when he was finally discharged from hospital. And his, his ability to improvise with me, uh, to play um, complex rhythms uh, and, and to play beats on the drum, uh, is, it was just absolutely amazing. And, uh, and we did this rhythmic imitation back and forth. So just so, so incredible. And um, so I, I really feel that this was an amazing experience for me to have with this um, child and family um, because it was a couple of years of, of, you know, having music as a way of building relationship, but also to get to know how strong he was and how in tune he was to the different elements of music itself. A true music child. Absolutely. And because of your training and skill, you could observe and tune right into that because you know about how music is so synchronous with the human body. Absolutely. I mean, it really shows the physiological effects uh, of, of music, right? And how the body responds. It's, it's so important. And so working with beat and rhythm is something that I do on a daily basis. And I, and I teach um, families a lot about that because our, our bodies respond to beat. And so if, if someone is, is feeling uh, sick um, or they're diagnosed with a rare condition or, or you know, um, even, even, you know, for, for children that are experiencing autism um, or experiencing dysregulation in their bodies. Well, that means that their natural body rhythm is, 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 is feeling off. And, and so music therapists can help them feel their inner body rhythm, their natural body rhythm again, you know, through beat, through rhythm, through music that's in tune with them. And, and that is so important because everyone deserves to feel yeah. a steady beat and a steady pace, right? Um, and because that's, that's the physiological aspect of, of uh, you know, how our body responds to music. And that's so important. Absolutely. And the word that's coming to mind for me is grounding, you know, there's yes. grounding and all of that. Yes. yes. For, all <laughs> for all ages. For all ages. And I mean, yeah. the... Thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing all of this information. It is absolutely inspirational and such a breadth of skill. By telling us about your work, you really emphasize the skill set that the certified music therapist needs to bring to be prepared for I mean, just considering everything that you just told us about working with children from neonatal intensive care to adolescent mental health, to remote communities, to all of the different skills that you adapt and bring to meet the individual need in the moment. And on top of all of that, you are a performance level trained expert musician. You know, uh, so it really is 
fascinating work and most importantly, helping so many children and families and teens and giving people skills and resources that they have throughout their lifetime. Absolutely. Very well put. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for being with us today. So we'll say goodbye for now. And well, thank you so much for having me. Very much appreciate it. And my absolute pleasure to be a part of this program. That was awesome. I, as a non music therapist, I'm just so fascinated by the uses of music, how it can be used with patients and clients and casual settings. It, it was just really cool to hear Susan's perspective on things and her work um, in pediatrics. And so when she was talking, for me, I was thinking about these little kids and engaging in music and working on all these skills. But one of the things that I was really curious about was the fact that parents bring kids to appointments at a certain age for their therapeutic appointments. And so I wonder if you could shed some light on this, maybe, maybe not, I was just curious, about um, what the impact is for families when they're sitting in on the therapy, even though it's directed at the child, what is that impact for the parent? Is there positive outcomes measured for them themselves in that environment? Mm, I think there has to be. Um, I mean, think about it. We're talking about how this feels inspiring to hear Susan's stories and talking about it as a parent watching your child being engaged in the music and the music has a wonderful way of making work easier, like that distraction piece Um how music releases dopamine in the brain. Like there are things that parents probably see their children do that they didn't even know they could do. So there's also a learning component for the parent of what can I do at home, you know, that trans, you know, those transferable skills, um, gathering the resources, knowing what motivates their child and just getting ideas and strategies. Um, and I would imagine with music, there's also an emotional component, you know, like I picture mom or dad and the music therapist and the baby and I see tears, you know, I see a release. I see, I think of um, there probably is also a relaxing and bonding component. Um, the other neurotransmitter that we know is released in response to music is oxytocin, the bonding hormone, right? So there's all sorts of things happening that we aren't even talking about yet. And I mean, it'd be another great point for research. There certainly has been research done on um, caregiver support and that type of thing, but there's always room for more. Just so fascinating. And I love those points that you said in terms of just the, the parent looking on and seeing their child do things that they didn't think they could do and looking at music in that way. So thanks. I thought that was awesome. So for you as a music therapist, you know, interviewing Susan today, what are some of the things that stood out for you? You know, it's always wonderful to take a step back and really listen to somebody who does things that you've been trained to do. And for me, listening to Susan, I was struck by 
a few things that she really highlighted, um, the adaptability, you know, she talked about every aspect of adaptability of music, um, the, all of the choices you have for how you can use music and the genres, and then making it really, really specific to the individual that you're with, you know, really customizing a program in the moment to support the goals that the team you're working with and that that individual um, is working towards, you know, whether it be an infant in a neonatal intensive care unit or a toddler I'm working on developmental skills or all the way up to the adolescent mental health work that she was talking about and and in some of those cases how the use of music can be more expressive you know that cathartic release of emotion or capturing the experience in words or learning mindfulness techniques um, from the DBT approach that she was talking about and then really making them concrete and through drumming and beat. So she just had so many um, different ways of telling us about that, you know, that adaptability, making it accessible across Newfoundland and Labrador and how people have, teams have worked really hard to be able to reach so many different kids and help them. And I think, like you said, Kathy, those gifts are, are things that we've learned through this difficult time. And those are gifts that we'll keep on giving afterwards. So, yeah, it was really great just to hear all about, like I said, the breadth of the work that Susan is doing. And it's so important and we need more people doing it. So I hope that that um, has been inspiring for everybody out there listening. Thank you for joining us on the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast. To learn more about resources from the show, please visit beyondthestudio.ca. Thanks for listening.